What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, alright, it is time for the top 70 albums of 1990. We're going to do a massive seven-parter. Pretty much over the course of seven days straight. And the reason I need to do it seven days straight is so I can get the Christmas episode out. And then I can take the rest of the year off, which means take a week off. And then get going with doing the best albums of 2020. So, no rest for the rockin' right here on Rock Strikes 10. And of course at cnjradio.com. Let's get to the countdown, shall we? I mean, I, I have no other buildup other than that. So let's get to the countdown. We've already done the two odds and ends. I hope you enjoyed those episodes. And uh, I probably listened to, gosh, I don't even know how many records I listened to to do this list. I should have kept track. But if I had to guess, it was roughly ugh, maybe close to 150 albums to consider for this list. So, yeah, that's pretty good, especially if you're staying in the rock bubble, which... By rock, I mean rock, metal, punk, alternative, rap even. You're going to hear all of that here on this show in the top 70. This is going to be a crazy list and very well suited for a countdown that kicks off the decade of the 90s. You're going to hear them all. Starting with this one right here, coming in at number 70. A band you probably wouldn't have expected to be on a countdown dealing with 1990. But in their rookie year, as a matter of fact... At the dawn of 1990, I'm talking like at the end of 89 into 1990, this band recorded their first album over the course of less than a week. And I'm talking about Green Day. Yes, Green Day actually put out their debut album on April 13th of 1990. The album was called 39 Smooth, produced by Andy Ernst and Green Day. So, yeah, I mean, this is a band that basically kind of took over the decade, especially once we got to about 94. They just took off. They put out two records before their big break, two of them here on Lookout Records, and this is the first of two right here. So, yes, they do come in at number 70. It's a pretty good record. It's about three quarters good, as I would rank it here. And a lot of the records here, especially in this uh, first part right here of the top 70, 70 through 61, I, I would say about they're all three quarters good, somewhere around there, 70 to 75%. So, you know, Green Day, they're, they're, they're figuring out their thing, you know, they're not quite there yet, but showing signs of promise right here, and there's really nothing wrong with this one right here. Of course, most people know this from the compilation of 1039 smoothed out slappy happy hours, whatever the hell that thing's called. But as a full length, yeah, it was called 39 Smooth, 10 tracks, what have you. Uh, yeah, so once again, kicking off the year of 1990 in our top 70 of 1990, here is Green Day with the first song on their first full length album. This is at the library. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
Kicking off the top 70 albums of 1990 on our 90 from 90 special, that was Green Day in their rookie year there with At the Library, the first song from their first full length, 39 Smooth. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving over to 69, dudes. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so this band right here, sticking with uh, bands that would fall good in an alternative format right here, this band, definitely a true alternative. I've often called them the whitest band that has ever existed. And I feel like I'm not being shitty when I say that. You'll, you'll know what I mean. I mean, if you've heard them, you know, you'll know what I mean. Uh, so yeah, they might be giants. Yes, they might be giants. Their biggest album to date was released on January 15th of 1990, right at the dawn of the new year right there. Flood, big, huge record for them. Had a good amount of crossover hits on there. And it was one of those weird things. Like, I remember hearing people get into them during... Uh, their usage in uh, those Warner Brothers cartoons like Tiny Toons and Animaniacs and stuff like that which is crazy because I remember when this album came out and it was pretty big with uh, some of my friends and even my sister liked this record for a minute and she's not much of a music fan Uh, so yeah this record was kind of just appealing to a different amount of people of course this is one of those bands that some people really got into this band and never fell off because they have like a massive, great hardcore following. Uh, so, you know, everybody kind of had their different journey with this band. I remember seeing them play this song I'm about to play on Letterman one night. And that was one of my early references for this band. But truly, the first time I heard them was like about two years prior to this with uh, them being a, a picked video for Al TV one night where he played Don't Let's Start from one of their first albums. And that's still my favorite song by him. But there's some pretty cool tracks on Flood. Just broke into the countdown here once again at number 69. So here you go. This is They Might Be Giants with the aforementioned song I saw him play on Letterman. And speaking of the whitest band on the planet, it's probably only fitting that I play this song right here. Your Racist Friend.
apologizes He could see it my way He let the contents of the bottle Do the thinking Can't shake the devil's hand And say you're only kidding This is where the party ends I can't stand here listening to All right, coming in at number 69 right there, that was They Might Be Giants from the album Flood and the track Your Racist Friend. Of course, you could find all the really famous and well-known They Might Be Giants songs for the most part on that record, like Istanbul, Not Constantinople, and Particle Man, and Birdhouse in Your Soul. All fun tracks right there, but I figured it was a, a good song for the times right here. Your Racist Friend. I don't have any. Not anymore, at least. So... Yeah, that's probably a lot of you out there. So let's get over to number 68 right here. And the answer to the question, what do you get when you take Jello Biafra and mix them up with Ministry? You get this band right here, Lard. Yeah, have you ever heard of Lard? Yeah, this is really cool, like peanut butter and chocolate kind of industrial metal punk act right here. They started off somewhere in the late 80s, put out some 12-inch singles, but they put out their first full-length album in 1990, and uh, this one's crazy. It's what you would expect when you put these two things together. You get a lot of heaviness, you get a lot of sarcasm, and, uh, you know, it's just a fun record to turn up, of course. So here you go. Coming in at number 68, this is Lard representing the album The Last Temptation of Reed, and this killer, killer kickoff song right here from the record, Fork Boy.
right, Fork Boy right there, the kickoff track from The Last Temptation to Read, the album that came in here at number 68 by Lard. Hope you enjoyed that. That's some fun stuff. If only the rest of the album had been as structured and as awesome as that one song, the album definitely would have ranked a lot higher here on this list. It's a pretty good record, but that's definitely the best song on the record. But I will say of note, there's also a really fun cover of They're Coming to Take Me Away, haha, that Napoleon... 14 novelty comedy track on there so yeah yeah so oh and i failed to mention that this album came out uh in september of 1990 so yeah uh and an album that came out on march 5th of 1990 and was produced by andy taylor yes that andy taylor from duran duran and not an album you would listen to and think it was associated somehow with andy taylor of duran duran fame but this is a fun record i I feel like this record probably would have come in a lot higher had I, you know, been into it back then when it was out. But this was one of those records I kind of discovered over the last few years. Uh, and it definitely makes me want to get into some of their other albums. So I look forward to checking out this band's catalog besides just their debut album right here. And yeah, third debut album in four entries. It's uh, kind of a thing here already on the top 70 albums of 1990, on the 90 from 90. So the times are changing. And here's one right here. This is definitely a fun party hard rock record. The band is Thunder. The album is Backstreet Symphony. And uh, this was the song I actually knew of theirs back then, you know, back when they were getting a quasi-push on MTV and on places like Z-Rock and stuff like that. This is a fun song, and I never get sick of it. Uh, So here you go. This one makes me happy. So to represent Backstreet Symphony, here's the big single off of it. This is Dirty Love.
All right, feeling the thunder right there with Dirty Love. Not to be confused with the Frank Zappa song of the same name, but yeah. Uh, I don't think it would be confused with the Frank Zappa arrangement. Those are two completely different things, but I love them both. But yeah, the album Backstreet Symphony by Thunder. Hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to send that one out there to Chris Riley, Sir Chris Riley of England. Love you, man. Stay safe. All right. So coming in here at number 66, an album that was released on May 15th of 1990, and it was produced by the great Mike Chapman, one of the great songwriters and producers of all time. If you like pop sensibility and you're rocking hard rock, Mike Chapman is your man. Just go look him up. He's written some amazing songs. He's been associated and produced some amazing songs. I'm pretty sure he got the production job on this strictly from his participation in the previous album by this act. I'm talking about Lita Ford. Her album Stiletto right here was uh, her release at the dawn of the 90s. And, you know, it definitely wasn't as successful as the Lita album from 1988. But there's still some really cool moments on it right here. And so it, it cracked the top 70 right here. And uh, I always love me some Lita. And she is definitely a legend. We love Lita here on Rock Strikes 10. So uh, much like Thunder, I'm going to go with the main single off of this record because it's just a fun track. Makes me feel good. It makes me think of 1990. So here you go from Stiletto. This is Lita Ford and Hungry.
All right, Hungry by Lita Ford right there. Who doesn't want to hear Lita Ford sing I'm Hungry for Your Sex? I mean, that, that's great. Especially for someone like me at the time where, you know, I was just starting to figure out women or at least start to, you know, appreciate women, shall we say. Okay, enough about me. Let's get over to number 65 right here. It's hard to believe that this album came out in 1990 because it really didn't start selling any records until 1991, or at least it didn't start crossing over until then. But I remember when it came out because I was definitely heavy into reading guitar magazines and stuff like that. And they were definitely raving about this when it came out. So I was always aware of it. So that's why I was uh, extremely surprised when it started to really, you know, cross over. And uh, pardon the pun, but yeah, I'm talking about Extreme. Uh, this album here, Extreme 2, Porno Graffiti, uh, came out, yes, I think the early part of 1990. I don't have the exact date in front of me right here. Co-produced by Michael Wagner, the great Michael Wagner, and Nuno Betancourt, also the great Nuno Betancourt. And uh, yeah, I remember just them talking about in the guitar magazines, like, Nuno's the next Eddie Van Halen, or, you know, whatever, he's the next big guy, you know. He was just getting a lot of ink, so that that was kind of my first impression of this band. And I didn't even realize that that was them from the Bill and Ted soundtrack doing Play With Me. I didn't have their first album, and I didn't even buy Porno Graffiti when it came out. I never really owned it for quite a while, actually. It really wasn't until their third album that I really started to pay attention in a sense like, oh, you know, I like this, you know. There were some songs on this album, Porno Graffiti, that, you know, I just didn't resonate with me. I thought they were kind of corny. And yes, I mean Little Jack Horny and a few other songs, but there's also some great tracks on Porno Graffiti. I mean, you know, it's hard to hate on More Than Words, big hit and everything, but I do like Wholehearted. I like Decadence Dance, and I especially like this song right here. This one's always fun. I, I like air drumming this one in the car, you know, or just slapping the uh, steering wheel. I'll admit it. I, I did it recently, actually. Uh, so yeah, to represent pornography here at number 65, this is Extreme and Get the Funk Out.
All right, not bad for a podcasting white boy right there. That was Extreme with Get the Funk Out, which uh, didn't really do well on regular radio. I, mean, I used to hear it all the time on Z-Rock because they weren't really afraid of that kind of innuendo. But radio stations really, I heard they didn't want to play it because they thought they were saying fuck. I mean, obviously that's the joke, but yeah, they, they didn't like it. But that's a super catchy rock song in my opinion. Great stuff. We are definitely not moving on from the funk. We're getting the funk out once again right here with this band who was uh, basically kind of having a comeback moment in 1990. And just for a little bit, they were like really back and all over MTV. And this uh, they had a big hit on radio. And uh, yeah, this album that came out here on July 10th of 1990, co-produced by The Time and Prince. Yes, The Time with Pandemonium. Really fun record right here. It's definitely a tie-in to the whole Graffiti Bridge thing with him bringing Morris back into the fold and everything. And yeah, I just really like this record. It's it's pretty fun. Uh, three quarters of it really good. And uh, yeah, what's not to love about it? Comes in here at number 64 on the countdown. And uh, you know, I almost did play Jerk Out and that's definitely the well-known song. But I've always had a lot of love for the second single, which definitely failed at radio. It, it did not chart. It did not make it really a dent anywhere and it's a damn shame because it's it's a burner man so i'm playing this one here on my countdown because this is my show so to represent the pandemonium record this is chocolate Don't you 
don't want no young man, you need somebody with experience. I can make it so nice. Oh Lord, give me some of your Of course, a track written exclusively by Prince. You, you can tell. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fun right there. Chocolate by Morris Day and the Time from the Pandemonium record. Coming in at number 64 in our countdown right here. We only got three more records to talk about here before we move on. And we pick it up tomorrow. And we're going to talk about this band right here. Another band that, much like the Time, was pretty much known as the 80s band. Trying to make their way here in the 90s. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't really happen for them. But this is a pretty damn good record. It's definitely not a, a bad record. But, it, you know, it's just it just didn't get that attention. Is it as great as their older records? Not really, but it, it's still pretty damn good. Uh, so I had to throw some love here for Smooth Noodle Maps, which is the 1990 output by Devo right here. An album that came out in the summer of 1990, around June, self-produced. And uh, yeah, like I said, it, it's a fun record. It's not their best record, but 
It did well enough on my ranking and on the countdown here to come in at number 63. So check it out right here. To represent this album, I'm going to play this track right here. Uh, and it's not a cover, but it does share a song title with a Sam Cooke classic. But uh, they definitely spell it like the way Quiet Riot does, let's just say. It's called A Change Is Gonna Come. Devo right there with the change is going to come from smooth noodle maps from 1990 uh, so yeah I hope you enjoyed that moving on to another band that definitely kicked off things in a major way in the 80s and also another band you know kind of trying to make their way in the 90s right here this is kind of a fall off as well but it definitely did well enough uh, to not be like a total bust from what I can tell you know just kind of being an outsider looking in here uh, but this is a band I definitely remember getting a little sick of back when they were having their big run on MTV starting in 1987. You know, and they were around, you know, all the early days and everything. But, you know, between 87 and 89, you just could not get rid of NXS. And in retrospect, I really do like the kick record now. It's got some great songs on there. So I was kind of curious because I never listened to X all the way through. So I did for the purpose of this countdown. By the way, officially, the album X came out on September 25th of 1990, produced by Chris Thomas. And yeah, I think it did okay in America, and obviously I think it did a lot better overseas. But uh, they might have been a victim of overexposure. Uh, but also, you know, maybe they should have put a follow-up record out in 1989, you know, as they were still kind of riding high. So I think, like, taking that extra year off might have hurt them a little bit, but I wasn't there, so I don't, I don't have any perspective on these things, but... uh yeah, you know, it was a pretty decent album. It wasn't great, 
but I liked a handful of songs off of it. And one of them was, I think, one of the singles here that was on this record. I remember there being a video for this, but I remember nothing about the video. <laughs> but I'm going to play the song anyway, because it's a good little song right here. So coming in at number 62, this is NXS from the album X and the song Disappear. That was In Excess with Disappear from the album X. Hope you enjoyed that. And we've reached the final song of the day here, but only number 61 in our top 70 of 1990 albums list right here on Rock Strikes 10, part of our overall 90 from 90 series. And we're finishing off today with this one right here. It's weird, like the first half of the show is kind of like newer bands from the 90s, like coming up and everything. And now we've got, uh, in the second half, more like acts from the 80s that are either attempting comebacks or kind of on their way out. 
So this is a real interesting countdown so far. I didn't even plan it this way, obviously, but this one right here, I'm a big fan of this guy, and he had a pretty rough decade here in the 90s, but things were kind of looking good from the onset as far as, like, you know, chart appearance goes, and still getting played on MTV and that kind of thing, because how can you hate this guy? He's a great personality, he's a great rock star, and he usually brings the goods more often than not, so i uh, got big respect for this guy. Billy Idol right here, who was... Uh, promoting this album right here in 1990, Charmed Life. And I, the thing I remember kind of almost the most about it, besides just the music and record in general, is that I remember he did come to town. I, I should have gone to it. Uh, but he came to town, and I remember on the Charmed Life tour, uh, the opening band for a lot of that tour was Faith No More. So that that must have been a hell of a show right there. So, uh, But yeah, you know, it, it's uh, once again, you know, kind of three quarters good. Not Billy's best hour, but not bad either. This one actually right here I want to play because this was kind of my exposure to this song. You know, I talked about this, uh, you know, on some of these past episodes. This was the first time I heard this song, and it's a cover song. So it's an important entry to play here. So, you know, I'm not going to play Cradle of Love because, uh, you know, I feel like that kind of ties more into the Ford Fairlane thing, and we already talked about that. So I'm going to play this one right here. Uh, originally from a band I wouldn't really quite discover for another year or two. <laughs> This is L.A. Woman. Check it out.
All right, finishing off the show today right there. Coming in at number 61 is the album Charmed Life by Billy Idol. Came out in May of 1990 and produced by his longtime collaborator and producer, Keith Forsey. Keith Forsey, actually, I think he wrote Don't You Forget About Me and offered it to Billy originally, and he turned it down. Uh, But yeah, so there you go, Charmed Life. Pretty fun record right there. Hope you enjoyed hearing that version of L.A. Woman, especially if you haven't heard it in a while. Like I said, that was the first time I ever heard L.A. Woman, and I I love that version. I think it's great. I think it's tremendous. So, yeah, we got a long way to go here, but only six days to do it in. We've got six more episodes right here. We're going to count down, at this point, the top 60 albums of 1990, part of this overall 90 from 90 master list right here, here on Rock Strikes 10. Hope you're having a good time. I know I am. So I'll see you tomorrow, guys. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in the business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is C njradio.com You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.